a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man Aoniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm your host, Adi, and we're joined by two of the blog team today, mixing it up on you guys. We've got Steve Goduru, who you guys recognize also from Elas Footy, and Marcial, who actually did a lovely pre-match for us uh, just before this game. Boys, how are we doing? Steve, how are you doing today? Adi, very, very pleased about the win today. Uh, it's made my day even better um and for me you know early doors that's that's one foot into the Europa League group stages already you know and I was I was very very happy with what I saw exactly me too Martial how do you feel buddy uh happy too because it was the win we we all expected from uh since the beginning of the summer so it finally came tonight so we we only can be happy exactly you can only be happy and we wanted emphatic win today we got the emphatic win, 3 nothing. Love it. Super happy about it, super excited, and we're going to digest this whole thing, break it apart, discuss the post-match. But as always, we got some quick housekeeping first, boys and girls. As always, in terms, if you want to help out the motherland, if you want to help out with the, the wildfires, AHEPA is doing a lot of wildfire relief. I've talked about AHEPA before. If you guys want to get involved, do some volunteer work, help out with the cause, check out your local AHEPA chapter, or you can donate directly to the wildfire cause. And lastly, we want to thank our sponsor, Paris International. Paris International has been is your one-stop shop for all your international transshipping needs, whether you're shipping olive oil, packages, cars, or relocating completely. Price International is here to help. Freight forwarding services available to almost any port around the world. Please contact our friends at 410-675-4696 or send them an email to sales at piraeusintl.com. Now that that's out of the way, the comments are already getting started. Everyone seems happy. We love doing these podcasts when everyone's happy. We're happy, not upset. It's just a good feeling all around. So let's get started. First and foremost, was there anybody that really excited you today? Was there a performance, anyone in particular that you guys were happy to watch? I know for me, I was excited about Baby Camara, and he did not disappoint. How about you guys? Marcial, go ahead. Yeah, I would say Papsise because uh, we all know that he had to leave uh, in uh, in January because he wanted to play. Mm. And I think that what amazed me with him is that he, he loves the club so much. He always gives the, the best he, he can, uh, even if he, if he was not the, probably the main starter at the beginning of the summer. But uh, if you recall, he didn't make any, any friendly, if I'm correct. Yeah. So he came very late and... Uh, he played as a left back. Uh, I think it was in Baku, and t t tonight he was perfect because he, he scored one goal. He almost scored an an another one, and he's another different, another type of defender compared to Semedo because he has the right attitude. So obviously, he may, he make mistakes sometimes. We all remember his mistakes, 
uh, he has the, the will to progress. And in every game, he has a will to progress. And I think with a defense, with a, a defender like that, you, you can go far. Uh, I, I'm not sure he will stay uh, after the summer, but if, if he leaves, well, we, we have only positive thing to say about, about him. Yep. And uh, Aguilos Yopis comment agreed with you. Cissé was crazy good today. Uh, floppy seven or floppy seven. Not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Cissé, man of the match. Uh, but yes, guys, there was a very troubling injury for Cissé. I'm telling you the way he was limping off the field, the way he went down, I'm worried. Uh, I have, I personally, as you guys know, I've suffered two ACL injuries. That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried, especially the way he hobbled off the field. I'm worried about the knee. I'm worried about some ligaments. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Knock on wood, pray to whoever, cross your fingers that he's okay and it's something else. But uh, he had a great game today. I hope he's not injured. Uh, Steven, who was who really sh- stuck out for you? I got to go with Martial. It was it was Cisse. Like I I almost didn't expect him to play mainly because he's been linked with moves away. So obviously he was part of the squad, unlike Semedo, but I expected Markovic to start this game. And not even without the goals, Cissé, just his desire and his hunger to play. And may I remind you, he's probably the centre-back. I think he is the centre-back in our squad that's been here the longest now of all of the defense, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes, because he was and here even when um, Lenin was during- Lenin. Oh, my God. Uh, Hazi was here. Sorry, I'm yeah, during the bad years. times with Besnik Hassi, and oh, <laughs> yeah. god, don't get me started. Um, but like, I, I remember I, I listened to the last episode that you guys talked about the lack of desire from the players against Ludogorets, and I didn't see that with Cisse. Like, Cisse, nope. who has been here throughout the, the worst of the worst times in the modern era to the best of the best, he still has that drive and yep. hunger and he that passion to play for the for the for the badge and for the fans as well especially with the fans now back in the stadium and it's so good to see and i i was so impressed with him and i hope like like you say his injury isn't long term because i i mean like like Marcia said he could leave if he is fit and he and he's fit to go to a new club um in the transfer window but i i hope we do everything to keep him i really do he he brings so much to this squad uh, now let's re- let's remember how much we lost uh, in last January when he, when he left yes. because yes obviously he he wanted to play and I'm okay with that but I think it was a mistake for from the club to only count uh, on Socrates and Avram to replace Cisse because uh, well except tonight is never injured he can yep. play back to back games uh, every three days so it's very it's very useful for, for a coach, I think. Absolutely. And another player that I thought did well, and the comments seem to agree with me as well, Kenny Lala. Fetanos right here. Lala was great. Uh, Eleftherios Mahinis. Lala was good too, finally. Uh, so I thought Lala had an interesting, a, a good game, and for a couple of reasons. So I don't know if you guys noticed, and I was mentioning in our group chat, he was really high up. He was staying really high up the field. Clearly, clearly Martins gave him some directions because usually Lala frustrates us with kind of how conservative he is. And we know that coming from Strasbourg, a little bit more of a defensive team, a team that doesn't possess as much, he stayed back. He was used to getting up for a counter and that was it. 
But today he was very far up the field, linking quite well on the wing, played some lovely crosses in. So I was happy with his performance. I have never been scared of his defending ability. I thought that he always can defend quite well. My concern was always going forward. And he looked great to me. I thought he looked good. I was happy with him going forward. And my question to you guys is, is Lala the number one for you guys going further? Or in Greece, do you still think Adruzos has better offensive capability? What's your opinion on that and how he played today? Marcial, go ahead. Well, I think that for me, the answer is uh, clearly that Lala is the number one because uh, even if he was not shining uh, when since he came in January, is the is the only uh, right back we have actually along to Trager, who is not playing. And I, I love Andrutos. <laughs> I love Andrutos, but he is not the right back. He has all the technical ability and the vision ability also of a midfielder. So, well, obviously he can play in Greece in uh, in games. Uh, such as Apollon Smirnis, uh, games like that. But Lala, if you give if you gave him if you give him more games, more time to to uh, add games after games after games, I think that we we will see the difference. And I think also that when Lala does uh, a game that is not very good, it will always be better than Andrutos because we also in Europe uh, how bad he can be when he's not in the game. Right. Now, Stephen, we had an interesting comment just come in from Muscarius. I think Lala can do so much more. He just lacks confidence. So is do you agree with this? Um, I'd say so. I think this was like the first time we've had a complete performance from Lala. And that's good to see. And I hope I hope he has more of those things, uh, the more of those performances in a, more consistently. But that also comes with the game time that he's given. He'll, his confidence will grow once he's given more consistent game time because that's been his problem ever since he's come to Olympiagos. It's been, a, you know, maybe one game. Then he's out for a few because Andrutos is playing. Um, and then I believe after, I think he, remember he got sent off in the latter stages of the of the season as well. And then from there on, he was either not in the squad or he was benched and didn't come on. So it's just about consistency for Lala. And I'm with Martial on the fact that as much as I want, I, I, you know, we all love to see our Greek players given the opportunity to develop and we want to see and Andrutsos play. But when it comes to the natural fit for the right back uh, position, whereby even if he gives a six out of 10 performance, he'll still be reasonably solid and won't get caught out on the break. It's Lala. And I, I want to see Lala play. He's one of our senior players. We, we got him for an absolute steal compared to what he was worth <laughs> um, in the transfer market. So I we we got to give him a chance. Yeah, I have I have been in agreement since the day we signed him. I was very I have been very patient, I believe, uh, in terms of what he can do and then the performances we saw. Always the thing I try to remind people is when you bring some of these players in that are coming from completely different systems. And you're asking them to assimilate into a system and to a different climate here. Some players take a little bit longer. And sometimes you can't always expect them to just fit right in, you know, at the drop of a hat. So 
the, uh, this is this is part of the thing. And I think that the more Lala plays, as Martial mentioned before, the better he's going to get. And we're seeing that. The more he's playing, the better he's getting, the better he's linking up with everyone. So I think it's just going to be good news going forward. Now, how about his comrade on the other side of the field? Oleg. We seem to have some positive feedback in the comments so far about Oleg as well. FM underscore Pana right here. Even Oleg started crossing. <laughs> Zafiropo 5. Oleg connected across finally. Uh, so there's some pe- everyone seems to be a little bit more positive on Oleg. He did connect, guys. He connected across. He did have one. It, I wouldn't count it as a cross, mainly because it was on the ground. But it, and it, that was the foul, unfortunately, that got called back. But uh, he technically connected, you could say, two crosses today. Uh, his crosses even looked better. The ones that didn't connect, they actually had some nice airtime, we'll say, and kind of went finally into the vicinity of somebody. Happy to see that. Steven, what were your thoughts on Oleg? You think he had a good game? The execution was much better. And of course, you had the effort. So I thought he had a solid game. But what are your thoughts? When it comes to Oleg, there's no denying his effort. He always puts in 100%. And that's something that's great to see, especially as there's been a lot of question marks around him and whether we should bring in a, a left back, an, a new left back uh, before the transfer window closes, which I'm still of the sentiment. But, uh, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean Oleg should be dropped the moment we bring in a new center, uh, new uh, left back. Sorry. I, I would like to like make a weird comparison. I, it's not an exact comparison because they're completely different players in different positions. But remember when Masuras first came in and Masuras had the ability and the work ethic, but he lacked the execution and he developed that over time. And that's what I'm seeing from Oleg. Like he, he clearly has the tools to do what Martins wants him to do, but he just hasn't quite worked it out yet and he's still so young i can't even think how young he is he's like 22 he must be i think he's pretty young to be our senior left back so he is yeah he is young so he's still he's still developing as a player i think people forget that because he i think he is a lot more of a mature player than his age perceives him as so again like with lala he just needs time to properly develop and obviously how much time can you give a player, especially right. when you're competing on multiple fronts? But yeah, yeah. I, I think he will come good. Yeah, I, I believe that always, especially as he Porto fought tooth and nail to try and make sure we couldn't get him in the winter. We, we I, I hate bringing this up all the time, but, you know, Luis, one of the Portuguese analysts we spoke to last year. He told us, like, he is heavily followed. They thought that he had a better long-term, we'll say, trajectory than Zaidu did. And that's why they wanted him. So this player is going to come good. The execution just wasn't there. We had a comment here from Alex95916755. Add less numbers in that screen name, please. <laughs> Oleg was okay, but you could clearly see he follows Gate 7 International, scared for his life to send across. Maybe. Maybe maybe we uh, we helped him in terms of uh, motivating himself to cross a little bit better. But I was happy. He guys, he turned twenty three in January, uh, so he turned twenty three this past winter. He's still young. We got plenty of time. He will come good. I, I expect some pretty big things out of Oleg, especially once his his crossing and his execution gets there. Martial, what were your thoughts on Oleg? Uh, I totally agree with with you uh, because. I always say that Oleg was 
more like a project maybe uh, he, has all, he has all the package to to shine you just need time to to develop it and he almost played like every game since he came in january because there is no one uh, beside him as a left back because Olebas went back into the E2S center back. So he played pretty much every game since he came. And maybe he, he, he just needs someone around him. Maybe someone during one year, two year, a starter. And that will allow him to play like 15, 20 games. And maybe to learn from someone how to cross, how to manage his effort, because sometimes I have the impression that he he just runs too much, too much, and then he, he does not calculate uh, that at the end he, he will be tired and he, it we it will prevent him to make a, a good cross because well he, he's too tired. It reminds me sometimes Timikas at the very beginning because he was running so much, he was like defending every time, attacking, but it was not very efficient. And yes, maybe that's why Martins uh, is taking so long to, to find a left back because he does not want to, to burn Reabchuk with a top left back around him that right. we play every every game. It's possible. I definitely I definitely understand that logic uh, 100%. And I think, I mean, look, either way, we still need a left back. We yes. still do need one, one way or another. So I hope that gets addressed before the window closes because I don't want to go this season again with just one left back. <laughs> and then we're rotating and figuring stuff out last, last second. Um, now, while we're on the left side of the field, some of the chat is getting a little bit impatient because they want us to address a big story today that a lot of people noticed. Onyakuru's hair wasn't green anymore, guys. Floppy7 here, this was one of the comments. How haven't you guys talked about the biggest story of the day? Onyakuru's hair is blonde again. Listen, I have my suspicions about what happened. I think a certain vice president slash spokesperson, or maybe even somebody else, came into the locker room, met Oleg after he returned from his haircut, dunked him in a vat of hair dye and said, listen, we're done. The green hair doesn't pass. It's changing today. So <laughs> that's uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens for them. But that was hysterical. A lot of people commented on it. Uh, what, what are your guys thoughts? Do you think somebody gave them a talking to about the green haircut? Or uh, or do you think is it one of those like, isn't there some like hair hair colors that just wash out after a day or so? Uh, I don't know. What are your guys thoughts on that? Uh, Stephen, go ahead. I mean, all I'm saying is if you go that much effort to go all the way to Turkey just to get a, your hair dyed, it can't, it must cost uh, quite a bit to get it dyed. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it must be one of those things that somebody must have mentioned it, whether it be a, a fellow player or somebody higher up in the club. You know how, you know, they get, they mention if somebody requests the number 13 as a, on the back of the shirt and people say, oh, you know, that's associated with Panathinaikos. It's probably, they've probably, pulled him aside and said look man like that's green's not going to fly with the with the olympiagos fans like you can't really wear that especially wearing the wearing the our red and white kit it, it doesn't make sense like I, yep. yeah yeah it's a it's a weird one for sure and i already have chat fethanos is coming after me already i did a deep dive on him once said he's great i didn't exactly say that i said i was happier after watching the deep dive than before but i still wouldn't have paid five million for him 
So just to just to be clear about that. But it doesn't matter. Fethanos is going to take up his mantle of always giving me shit for my my deep dives. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. He meant vinagre. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. He's going to remind me of who? that all the time. Who? <laughs> who? Exactly. Who? Exactly. We're forgetting completely what about What a clown. <laughs> no more Even I picked him up. Even I picked up vinagre. I was like, oh, my God. He's worth 22 mil. He's going to be great on FIFA. I was such a 14-year-old. Then I realized how bad he was, and Holebas was better than him. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> Do you need to go to Turkey for that, says Floppy7. All you need a, is a pack of green Kool-Aid. Well, that probably would have been a better, uh, let's say, expenditure of his money than flying all the way there just to get it dyed green and turn back. Martial, what do you, what do you think about this? Did, do you think uh, Onyekuru got a nice talking to about the club history? Maybe, I think, because most of the players that come to Olympiacos, unfortunately, doesn't know the the background, if I can say that, uh, of the club, of the rivalry, of the symbol that can be associated with other clubs. So maybe it was told after going to Turkey that you can't, you can't, you can't have an effort like that if you play for Olympiakos. So, well, it was just maybe a stupid mistake that he learned from, and maybe if he if he does something like that uh, another time that. Uh, Maybe we can say that he's a he's a fool, but we saw on the pitch that he has some qualities. So I will stay on that. Yes, the you know, and Aguilo uh, Siopis brought brings this up. The green hair represented Nigeria, but if he went to Kadiskaki like that, he wouldn't be alive for long. That's probably true. Um, and for me, the the issue it was too. It wasn't really the hair color that bothered me so much. It was two things. Uh, first of all, the action of him going to Turkey after we just suffered a terrible loss, something that everybody, all of our players needed to get back into, you know, their groove with, really get their heads on straight. It's pretty tone deaf, so to speak, for him to just fly out, go to Turkey, especially when Turkey supposedly is a is a hotbed right now for the Delta variant. It's kind of tone deaf. So not only are you leaving you know, you see, you're you're leaving after Olympiacos just had a horrible loss. You're supposed to be taking this time to get your head on straight, so the team can come back strong. And you go over there and you do this, and then eh, it's uh, anyway. Uh, we're gonna let that slide. But uh, what did you think of his 20 minutes today? Um, for me, I kind of saw a little bit what I expected. His runs were nice when he was able to get into that open territory. He's so threatening. And having his speed and Oleg's speed on the same side, I felt so bad for that fullback, guys. Uh, it was – it's crazy. The width now that we have with both of their speed, it's incredible. Yes. But I am concerned still, and I'm still concerned after even just a couple of the instances we saw today. I wasn't a huge fan of his close close possession, or I should say his close possession play with his teammates. I was it was kind of what I expected. I didn't think it was something he could do too well. And he likes to take a touch or two, can't do too much pass and move. Um, but it was only 20 minutes. Uh, but that was something that, you know, unfortunately, I think we're going to see more of. So Marcial, what were your thoughts on his 20 minutes today? Yeah, I agree with that. And also, uh, uh, at what moment I remember that Kunde didn't give him the ball 
and he was in a tough position to go maybe on a one one against the, the goalkeeper but also he he made a nice dribble at the moment for a free kick so we also that he has nice technique he's very speed he has a very nice speed also so it just need game to to find the, the position the connection with the teammates but it, it will make difference because even if I, I wasn't a fan of him if you take a look at his statistics for winger he scored a lot of goals he gave a lot of assists so there is no reason he he, he won't score for us it just needs time and maybe in uh, in Slovakia for the, the second leg. Yeah, I think there's, I there's definitely a point there. Uh, I think we will see when we play better teams, teams that are pressing us into our half, and maybe teams that are are going to be a little bit more open for the counter. That's when I think we'll see him shine because he's going to have more space, uh, more more chance to run onto the ball instead of us playing possession in the opponent's third. I don't think we're going to get the best out of him this season. You know, when we're playing against teams that are packing 10 men behind the ball and we're trying to break them open, we're going to see less value out of him. Unless, of course, it's him trying to poach opportunities in the box. I think if when we play better teams in Europe, that's when he will shine because he'll have space to get forward. And that's, what, you know, how, kind of how Lazar was in that first season, uh, you know, when he really got us through qualifiers. So that's kind of what I'm envisioning. We'll see, you know, as the context for that. Steven, uh, what do you think about Onya Cruz? Twenty minutes. Um, I expected. I don't know what it was. I expected him to start this game. Maybe it's because I didn't expect Valbuena to start tonight for some reason. But when he came on, I think we haven't. Uh, may, I, I agree with both, both your sentiments. Maybe it's just that the game was done at that point, and maybe Martin's chucked him on to be like you know get yourself a feel for the game it's more or less done if you can do anything and contribute to another goal or another chance potentially do it i mean he he was in and out of the game for me the the most significant thing i remember was towards the end of the game where he had the ball on the left hand side and he just he changed the pace immediately like you could see that self-confidence to just completely do his man and then he he cleverly like flicked the ball just as he was getting fouled. So he's the capability of winning fouls in dangerous positions is pretty important. So that would be interesting to see how, and how we utilize that this season with him on the pitch. Absolutely. Um, now, before we, before we get into more of a tactics thing, there's one other player I really wanted to talk about. And that was the goalkeeper, Vachlik. Now Vachlik didn't have, there wasn't a lot to really challenge him, but there were a couple of moments that I thought were very important because uh, to really separate a goalkeeper that has experience and a goalkeeper that doesn't. Um, again, not that I blame Tulakis. I have been a huge defender of Tulakis and what he's done up to this point, but we had two strong, I don't want to call them counters. Well, maybe we could call them counters that stemmed from Vachlik's not just great vision and accuracy when he was punting the ball out, but his initiative to get that rolling. So um, I thought that that was very, very important. Uh, there's been a couple of comments, too, about Vachlik, uh, and people thought he had a good game, not because anything really challenged him, but because of what he can do with the ball at his feet. And I brought this up in my deep dive, uh, his 
his ball playing ability is way better than Saz was. So that's one thing that I had, I had mentioned, and you guys could see it today. He's better with the ball at his feet, probably from spending a lot of time playing in Spain. And even the those long punts, that wasn't something I saw in the deep dive. Uh, that wasn't something I paid attention for, but man, boy, was that nice to see. So do you, do you, were you guys happy seeing Vacek? Did it make you feel better? Martial, were you, did you feel better? Cause I got to tell you, I've been, I've been concerned about Vacek's fitness, so to speak. Yeah, we all, we all did. And it's obvious that I was happy because, uh, we can't judge anymore a goalkeeper, uh, now with the modern football only when on his ability to to stop balls you know he, he needs to to play with his feet he needs to play sometime like a like a center back when the the team has the ball and i see on those points that vaklik is far away from telakis and which is logical because he has more experience he's international uh, he played very well at the euro we all saw that and i think that it will be a, a clear upgrade for us and also for all the defense, because uh, for a center back and also for right back or left back, it's always easier to play when you know that the goalkeeper is safe, and when you know that he has the experience to, 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 I don't know, to, to make a quick kick uh, up front or to to gain time to to make a, a small pass to the defender. And let's see now on those points, back click he has, uh, I mean. It is, is the perfect profile for us to, to replace Josessa. And if we take in consideration the market of, of goalkeepers, it was probably the, the best option for a lot of clubs to to rely on Vaklik. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Steven, what were your thoughts on Vaklik? Yeah, it was just, he looks so calm and collected in goal, you know, maybe, and maybe that's, you know, the kind of, the, atmosphere he brings with the, the experience he has you know he's won the Europa League with Sevilla this is the competition we're going to be playing in this season he's a esteemed Czech international he did well at the Euros he's he's done a, a lot of big things at club level already and I think not only that but I guess for the the opponents they see Vashlik in there and they know that he's experienced they're not going to be able to try as many things or take as many risks as they would with a maybe less experienced keeper like Zolagi's. Not to say that Zolagi's got caught out at any point that was significant, because I'm I'm a big defender of Zolagi's as well. I don't I would never have blamed him for what happened in the Champions League qualifiers. You know, he was one of the few players that I thought was blameless in what happened. Um but for but Vashlik just seeing him there and I think the next level things he can bring to our club where Zolagi's still needs time, you know, like we we've all said he's so young. It's so young, and you can't put that pressure on his on a, on a young player's shoulders like that in any position. Um, but it was just, and but also we like like you said, Ari, he didn't really have a lot to be challenged by this game. I think I'm look, I looked at the stats before before the uh, the podcast. I think they had like one shot or game, maybe one one clear cut chance, and other than that, he wasn't really bothered. It was just his distribution, as you said, that was really impressive for me and. And I think he gave the back, the backline that extra bit of confidence to show, yeah, I'm an experienced keeper. I'm going to be protecting you the whole game. Yes. You're 100% correct. I was happy. I hope we see more of him. I hope there's no injuries this season. And I hope that he is going to be our leader in that backline area for the rest of the season. I do want to see Torlakis get more chances because he's going to be our future. 
And I do want to see him. I don't want to see him, his career get ruined because of what happened going into this preseason. Now, in terms of tactics, moving, moving on to more broader spectrum things, we saw 4-2-3-1 today. It's been a while since we've seen that. What do you guys think about the 4-2-3-1? Do you think if we had run that against Ludogorets that maybe we would have gone through? Or was it more the players that caused us to be kicked out? And I wanted your thoughts on that. Martial, you go ahead. Well, it's not an interesting question. Yeah, I will say that with a 4-2-3-1 uh, uh, in the away leg, away leg sorry, uh, we would have won maybe because we have so many tools uh, in this squad. Uh, and also the main, the main issue I have with Martin's uh, lineup uh, in Ludogorets was not to bring Agibu on the pitch because it was nice. Uh, he, he scored the, the, the equalizer. And he just needed maybe to to run on this confidence he, he has gained on this game. And he didn't play any minutes, if I'm correct, uh, in the second game. And along to the tactical difference we saw, it was maybe a man's choice. And as you said, because it was more on the player rather than on a tactic. But the 4-2-3-1 suits her quite perfectly. We just need maybe another striker a faster one that could that could go maybe just after the the 60 minutes because El Arabi is not is not uh, speed enough because he is older obviously and Hassan is not the profile needed for that but and even Tequinho is not very fast either yeah maybe a... yeah i i mean <sighs> As for as long as I can remember supporting Olympiagos, we've always played the 4-2-3-1. That's always been the go-to. No matter how we play it, that's what we've always lined up with for the most part, even in Europe as well. Um, and it's just such a it's such a reliable formation for us, especially against teams that we either have are, are of a similar level or are just vastly superior to. Um and it gives us the, an opportunity to boss the game. And maybe that maybe that is what we lacked against Ludogorets. Not that they are maybe much weaker than us, but I personally, you know, I'm of the opinion, completely biased, you know, Olympiagos supporter and all that. I think we might all be. <laughs> um, but uh, we had a better squad than them. We, on paper, should, you know, no disrespect to Ludogorets, be getting past a team like that, even if we are, even if they do have Pierre or Sotirio in their team. <laughs> um, and um, And maybe it wasn't the system that, affected us in in the second leg against Ludogorets. Maybe it was just the mentality because even in the first half in the in the 4-3-3 I actually thought we played quite well. We were the better team in the first half and that was with the 4-3-3. And I think it was just because their heads dropped the moment we got they got the early equalizer and after that it just went absolutely to pot. And yeah, I, and and I know Pedro Martins does not see the 4-2-3-1 as a formation he wants to play you know we've said it before he wants to play 4-3-3 he wants to play 4-4-2 he wants to play 3-4-3 but I think just for a core formation that will always work and we have the players that fit and we have uh, and just putting it all together just it works so well for the vast majority of games I, I, I can't see why we wouldn't play 4-2-3-1 obviously against the bigger teams we, we've seen that 3-4-3 or 4-3-3 works so for those kind of games we play that specific formation 
But for, for teams, again, especially like Slovan and Bratislava, where we have to dominate a game, get the job done, 4-2-3-1 is the, is, is the formation for me. I've loved it. I have been a huge fan of it. I understood kind of why we went away from it last year in the beginning of last season. I, again, I wasn't a huge fan. Then the 3-4-3, when we were having success, I was okay with the change. But I still feel like 4-2-3-1 is our bread and butter. Um, the concern, obviously, was with no Fortunis, who can play the 10. I think we have ourselves a new candidate, boys and girls. Now, I don't think it's fair for us to put that pressure on a, such a young kid. Um, I, I definitely loved seeing his i definitely love seeing his energy and movement uh i think you know valbuena can also play the 10 as we know but then the question becomes who who can play the 10 for us after that we don't really have a lot of guys that that can so unless you're comfortable riding your offense or we should say the ingenuity of your offense through an 18 year old kid can we realistically continue to run a 4231 and that's going to be the question. I at this point, I think that the three four three should be shelved. Maybe we we stick with the four three three or do a four four two going forward. But as it stands, you know, we have that's a serious question that needs to be answered. All in all, I think that the formation, although I like this formation, I also think that we also had players exerting effort today which was the huge difference between the previous games so we can debate tactics all we want in that regard but i think that's going to be one of the the huge things so boys and girls we're running on almost 40 minutes here this is a brief post match we have a long long episode coming up on sunday so what we wanted to do of course we do after every game which is a man of the match and a coach's grade so, Marcial, go ahead, get us started. What is your man? Of, who is your man of the match today? I know, uh, I think I know who it is. You kind of talked about him before earlier, but what would you give uh, the coaching grade for Martins and who gets your final accolade for man of the match? Well, I would say Pap CC, obviously. The choice was tough between him and Mari Kamara, but I would say Pap CC. And for the coaching grade, I would make uh, it's on, on which scale is it? Uh, uh, oh, right. So the scale is A is the best. Then it's B is like above average. C is about average. D is below average. Definitely could made some mistakes. F is got awful. Yeah. Well, I will say A minus if it exists. <laughs> I don't know. I don't because uh, Martins for me made the, the white choice to choose the Four to three one, but maybe he waited a little bit too long for changes. But just to find something negative, so a minus would be good for me. Steven. Mastiel said it. Um, the un unsung hero that we haven't spoken about very much is Madi Kamara. Got the first goal. Very nice goal at that. Um, but I'm also with Mastiel that it is for me the man of the match is Papesise. Like he. I've said it, I've said it already. The, he had the passion, he had the work ethic, he had the drive, he had the goal, um, and he also got the injury, unfortunately. But that we won't count that in his man of the match performance. But that's that's who he gets for me. And uh, coach's grade, I'm going to give Martins an A. 
He did. He, he kind of fulfilled everything I wanted. We got the three 0 win. We're ninety nine percent in the Europa League group stages now. We just have to not lose by a similar margin to go to extra time or four nil to go out, and that's highly unlikely. No disrespect to Slovan Bratislava. Um, and now that I said that, we will lose five nil. I'm joking. Please don't. Um, <laughs> oh god. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pleased. I'm very very pleased. Likewise, uh, for me, my man of the match is going to be Madi. I have the midfielder bias. It's no secret to anybody. I give it to Madi, not only just for the goal, but God, some in the midfield, it's they couldn't do anything with him. And then on that left side, how about that? The uh, the step over, he went stepped over right, cut left, just beat the defender. Uh, some great balls in the first half. Both him and Jan and Vila kind of had some sketchy, sketchy passing, uh, but then. By second half, that was all out of their system. They were playing much. The possession, at least, was a little bit cleaner between them. So, Madi Kamara, man of the match. And I am also going to give Martins an A- minus because, Martial, that was my gripe. Uh, we're seeing first-year Martins with some of these yeah. substitutions in these preseason games where he takes too long to make a change. And I don't like that. I thought that he was finally getting better, and I don't like seeing him regressing. <laughs> so that that is my man of the match, my coach's grade. Uh, and guys, now that we're closing up here, thank you so much for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, give us give us a review, comment, please tell your friends. Don't forget to DM us, by the way, DM the pod account about the Patreon campaign, uh, your opinions on it. We've gotten some feedback so far. It's a lot more positive than I was expecting. I was honestly expecting more people to be like, this is stupid. But you, a lot of you were very, very optimistic about it. And we thank you for that. But again, please give us your opinions. We need your opinions because we do not want to alienate anybody from this podcast. So thank you, everybody, again, for listening. This is the Gate 7 International Podcast. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, you say. Stomialo kati magiko.